0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. That's right, my show, Lead Singer Syndrome with Shane Told. That's me. I'm Shane. I'm your host. I know last week I talked to Big Game about getting these things up every Monday, but I have an excuse, okay? Maybe you can hear to in my voice. I've been a little under the weather I had my COVID-19 vaccine on Sunday, the AstraZeneca version, and I got some pretty serious side effects. I was fine for like, I don't know, six, seven hours. I was like, okay, maybe maybe I'm not going to get any side effects. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks (laughs) for about 36 hours. It was not good. Um, But I'm back. I'm good. No complications. I'm ready to rock, and we have a great episode with a super intriguing band called Tetrarch. Yes, the spelling may confuse, but don't let it. It's just a silent H. Tetrarch is the band originally from Atlanta, Georgia, now residing in Los Angeles. Members of this band have been playing music together since they were literally pre-teenagers, which is pretty cool. We talk about that, we talk about their new album which is out tomorrow, and a little baseball talk for good measure. You're going to enjoy this one so much. While I have you, a couple orders of show business. I want to remind you guys that this interview was done on Twitch. A lot of future interviews will be done on Twitch, including next week with Matt from Citizen. I'm super excited to pick his brain Finally, and Citizen has a great new album out. I encourage you all to check that out as well. Twitch.tv slash Shane Told. Give me a follow every single Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am on with a guest live doing what I do here, but there's a visual aspect. And if you're there, you can interact with us if you want to or just be a fly on the wall. All good. But head over there, please give me a follow, twitch.tv slash told. And of course, if you want to email me and get in touch, I got a doozy of an email last week. Um, I welcome all email. I love the feedback. So please hit me up, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read them all. I try to get back to most people, but some weeks are busier than others. But I always, always read them. So if you got something to say, Words of praise or a little hate line action. Singer syndrome at gmail.com. And lastly, if you want to help out the show, keep this thing going and growing, please don't sleep on the All Access Club for as little as $6 a month. That gets you in, that keeps this show going. We keeps the lights on around here, and you get access to tons of bonus content, a great community of other fans of the show, more access to me as well. We got a great Facebook group. We got a Discord group now. Lead Singer Syndrome merchandise and a whole lot more. The link for that one, leadsingersyndrome.com slash allaccess. Also, I want to thank everybody who's checked out the new Silverstein single, Bankrupt, which is out now. If you've missed it, please go watch the video. I recommend We have a lot of videos. They're not all very good. This one is pretty good. So check out our new song and video for Bankrupt. It's making some waves. We're pretty excited about it. Octane's playing it, which is cool to get that kind of recognition. But mostly, I just want to thank everybody who's already checked it out for rocking that shit. Okay, well, it's time. Let's get into it this week's episode and my conversation with Josh from Tetrarch. welcome welcome to twitch welcome to the podcast i am here with josh four of tetrarch how you doing i'm doing good I'm, I'm
1: happy you got the name right like that's always like a big first step with us so uh <laughs> i appreciate that
0: yeah i i uh, i'll admit well i talked to your your publicist natalie over at napalm who is um who is terrific and oh yeah uh yeah no um I think I got it right the first time, but I, I like to toot my own horn a little bit on the pronunciation of things. So,
1: yeah, you did it. You did a great job. We, we've heard everything from Tetrarch to Tetriarch. To we even played a local show when we we're coming up in Atlanta, where our hometown venue spelled our name T-E-C-H dash A-R-T. Like, how many times have we played here, guys? Like, oh, we've had everything, so it's it's appreciated when when uh, when you nail it the first oh, time. Oh, dude, the
0: the amount of marquees. That I've seen of our band name Silverstein, like they can't figure out e before i. Uh, they just cannot. Silverstein. Every nah. version you could ever think of, I have seen on a on a marquee somewhere, and you guys are in for a world of pain on that front.
1: Oh, absolutely! And luckily, we've uh, we've gotten accustomed to that this last few years or so. It's starting to get better as the name's kind of been circulating a lot more right. and and growing. But uh, I know we're in for some some treat i would say like when we start going over other countries and things like that but honestly just yeah. here in the states it's all over the place like yeah <laughs> from the south to the west coast to uh, everything so
0: yeah man no 100 percent. um y- y- like for example my band in germany we just are silverstein we we can't correct <laughs> anybody that's just the way it is it always like it's, it's fine silverstein it's just just go with it it's fine so you, it you, sounds german though i like that exactly so it's fine it's totally fine well dude thanks for doing this man um i got just got a hold of your your new record i've been jamming the singles for a little while now some of them for like a year and it's cool this record's finally coming out in uh just a few weeks right april 30th 31st yeah 30th
1: uh, 30th, yeah, 30th. April
0: 30th there's 30th no 31st yes yeah, the 30th now. Um, yeah,
1: no, it's crazy. We're super excited about it. Um, I mean, it's been a long time coming. Um, I think we actually, we spent most of 2019 actually writing that record and we recorded it yeah. at the end of that year. So, I mean, we've had it on our computer for, hmm. uh, since January of 2020 and right. it's just now finally getting out there. So it's been really hard to keep it hush hush, oh. but, uh, you know, luckily been able to have some singles come out and kind of build the hype around it and everything
0: for sure. And you did that. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you've had actually some massive, massive success on some of the singles, which is great to see, but man, it's bittersweet, right? Like just, just what a time to be alive and and not in a good way. Um, you know, you, you talk about, you know, this gets mentioned on the podcast all the time, like how hard it is right now to be, you know, in a, uh, I don't want to say smaller band, like an up and coming band and try to figure out how to navigate this new, You know world of doing everything through a computer um not being able to be face to face with your fans and like do what you guys do on stage which is fucking rock
1: right yeah and that i mean that has been the the toughest thing because we're so much a live band like that's what we put so much pride into and so much hard work into um the studio is fun and, and we love writing we love recording um but there's just nothing like being in front of an audience and just feeling that energy from them when you're giving it back out. And, uh, we miss that so much. So that's been the hardest thing, but, uh, you know, luckily over this year we, we, it's weird to say it's kind of like bittersweet, like you said, because I don't like talking too much positive about what's come from the last year because there's been so much like hurt and pain for so many people around the world. And especially in so many bands and artists that I know, like released albums last year that just got swallowed up by the whole virus and everything as soon as it dropped. Um, but for us, I think that we did a good job of adapting with the times and with, um, just kind of sitting back and seeing, like trying to be strategic on when is the right time to put a song out? How can we, how can we still do things and still get our name out there while we can't be in front of people on stage, you know? So I I think we did a good job this last year of being able to kind of just be strategic and and we've grown a lot. Um, and like I said, like I'm super proud of that and I'm super happy about that. And then, but it's also like, I know there's been so much hurt too. So it's kind of a weird place to be in, you know? No,
0: 100%. And and that's, I mean, it's it's great that you recognize that as well. You know, yeah, I think it was your song, I'm Not Right, the video for that reaching a million views on YouTube in like two months back in July. and And like, man, that must just be frustrating. It's like, sure, the song's doing so well, but like last July, like that was, you know, well, we didn't know where we were at in the pandemic, right? We we thought, oh, we're yeah. in the middle. It's like, no, we were at the very beginning, you exactly. know. And, and it's like, you know, it would just it just sucks. You guys can't can't go out and, and jam that. People watching you guys perform that song on YouTube, a million people, and then here we are still, you know, um, I guess coming up on a year later, nine months later, where you know you're still not able to do it.
1: Right, and I mean that like that's so tough because. Yeah there's nothing more than there's nothing I want more than to play that song and get a bunch of people jumping up and down and singing with me and having the big breakdown in the center. And like, I miss that so much. Um, but, uh, you know, I feel like we're finally, we're not there yet, but I think that there's like a little bit of light in the tunnel. It seems like towards the end of this middle end of this year, things are going to be happening and, uh, yep. for sure early next year. Yep. Um, so we're just holding on to that, you know, uh, Just know that it's it's going to get better, and um, you know soon enough we'll be able to get back out there. And I just have a feeling shows are going to be absolutely insane. The ones that are you know ready to be out there in public and and out at shows, I know are going to lose their minds. So um, I'm looking forward to when we can finally get that release.
0: Hundred percent, man, hundred percent. So I noticed the Braves hat. I know you guys are from Atlanta. You were talking about your home venue. Is that the Seven venue in Douglasville by any chance that you were talking about? Or so, is it different one?
1: Our our home venue is actually the masquerade, is what we okay. considered yep. the home venue. We play there all the time. But our very first venue show ever was at the Seven Venue in Douglasville. Cool. Um it was back in like two thousand and seven. Yeah. Um, I think we had just finally picked the name Tetrarch. We had been like a cover band for, you know, just years coming up and um as we were growing up together, me and diamond. And, uh, yeah, that was the very first show. And I just remember the feeling of as small as the seven venue was and looking back, how bad the sound system probably was that first time I heard a kick drum come through a wedge on a (laughs) stage, I was like, Oh my gosh, I got to do this for the rest of my life. I already knew I wanted to, but just that little kick drum was like,
0: wow yeah it's life-changing we we played there once at the seven venue and like it was like i knew it was a little bit famous because the you know the band from douglasville is the chariot yeah um you know one of the like the greatest live bands ever uh they became some really good friends of mine so we played there and i thought it was such a weird like a weird place like it was such a weird blend of like Christian bands, political punk yeah. bands. There were yeah. people literally roasting a pig in the parking lot. Like there yeah. was all this shit going on. It was like, it was just a really strange um, mix of people, which I guess Atlanta is, right? Because it's oh, in the South, yeah. but it also is kind of like it's progressive in a lot of ways too.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but once you start getting kind of out towards that way, it's a little more like rural. Um, yeah and a little more what you would think of the South, but like, yeah, Atlanta as a city is just draws people from all over, not just the country, but all over the world. Um, mm-hmm. very open-minded folks for the most part. And, uh, that makes sense why you would see all those acts at that, right. that venue. Um, yep. yeah. Yeah. am you know, and Atlanta's definitely, uh, it's been growing like crazy. I've just been watching it. You know, we moved to LA maybe five years ago, almost six years. Yeah. Um, And every time I go back and visit family, I'm just like, man, that land is bigger than it was when I left. It's it's just getting crazy.
0: No, no, for sure. I mean, you guys have had such an interesting trajectory in your career. And, you know, as somebody that I've only known about your band for like a few months, um, you know, I kind of was taken aback. I was like, okay, this band has been a band since 2007. So I, I imagine you were very young um you know and then you guys have had kind of a bunch of self releases a full length record that came out in 2017 our uh, freak which is you know mm-hmm. uh which it's a great record and it put you guys on the map and now here you are 2021 4 years after that came out kind of putting out your label debut full length and sort of now, all of a sudden, it's like, hey, you're a new band. You're opening all these doors, even though you've been playing music together for like we're coming up on 15 years.
1: Yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, like, you know, uh, my, our guitarist Diamond, who's actually, she's literally in her room, like, in oh, the, cool, the hall. but, uh, you can yeah, pop in um, and say hi
0: whenever if she wants to. I, oh,
1: well, she might be watching. <laughs> so if she hears all, it, all I'm good, all in.
0: good. Yeah, sure. Um,
1: yeah, but, uh. No, well, like I, I met her when we were in the seventh grade. Um, and like we just, well, first initially, like when I met her, she, I was like doing one of these numbers in my chair, kind of leaning back and never met her in my life. And she decides to like pull the desk out from behind me. I go like falling back. I turn around. <laughs> I'm like, who are you? Why are you doing this to me? Okay. Um, she says now that she just felt like there was some reason she needed to meet me and to like say, introduce herself to me. Um, but you know, we, we got to know each other and we realized that we both had a a love for, um, kind of like metal and hard rock music. And we were, we went to a really small private school with maybe like 70 kids in our class. And we were like one of three people that listened to like hard rock and metal. And, um, she just, uh, you know, once we became friends and, um, when we finally started jamming together, um, we just were like, man, this is amazing. Um, and we've just continued going and going ever since. That's Um, cool. And that's one of the things I'm most proud of with our band is just that we've never skipped any steps. You know, we started as friends in middle school. I've never been in another band. Neither has she, um, you know, we've done everything from playing weekends in Atlanta for four years as, as much as we could to DIY self book tours to three people. We played to, one mom in the room in Alabama and Birmingham, but we put on a full show, like slept in Walmart parking lots, run out of gas, been told no a million times. Like we've, we've heard everything, but we've just been super resilient. And it's been just like a fun journey. Like we've been around a long time, but it's fun that it's really starting to kind of, hard work starting to really kind of show and pay
0: off. I love it, man. That's, that reminds me of kind of my foray into playing in bands too. It was, I was exactly the same age. I was in, uh, I was in seventh grade. No, I was in eighth grade. And um, me and my, my friend, Brian, who he's had, he's an amazing bass player. He's, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the band, a Wilhelm scream, but he's a, he's the bass player for that punk band. And we were looking for a drummer and we found Our drummer, you know, who was a year younger in that music room. And then every single day we played together and we didn't have a bass guitar, but the music room did at the school. So we used to sign it out every day and, you know, we would jam and that, that was like the formative years and like what taught me how to play music. And I think that, uh, you know, that that's, I feel like that's a bit of a lost art now, maybe a little bit these days, I don't know, but yeah. um, but really, like, I don't think I'd be here today if it wasn't for those times or so early in my life.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, like, teach their own. Like, there's so many ways that a band can be discovered nowadays, and you know, there's no right or wrong. Um, I'm proud of doing it though, what we call just the hard, just grind it out way. But there's nothing wrong with four people meeting on the internet that never jams sure. in a room, but they come up with some crazy stuff. You know, sure. Um, but I, I am super proud of kind Of how where we come from and how hard we've worked and, and gone to get here. Um, but it's funny you say that about the uh renting out the bass from the band room because I remember we would do the uh, we would just take our band teachers' china every weekend for a show because our drummer didn't have a china and
0: uh, <laughs> you must have broken kinda, it like, eventually.
1: <laughs> we, I think we, we never did somehow. Uh, but we were always just like, "Hey, uh, can we take this the symbol?" She didn't really know anything about it. It was like a really nice one too, like it was probably like a three or four hundred dollar china. Yeah. And we we're like, uh, we would just take it every weekend, and, and uh, it was funny. And it, it just reminded me of that. Like, yeah, we borrowed from school for sure.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. know for people that don't know what we're talking about, a, chi- a china symbol is like the the symbol that kind of has like a weird concave curve to it, and it makes a sound that's like. God, it's like the the breakdown symbol
1: yeah that, that's a good way to put it the breakdown symbol
0: Yeah. so when you guys were in seventh grade did you you guys were you, you you and diamond were playing guitar together now was she playing circles around you back then too uh she was
1: always shredding <laughs> she could out shred me always like oh yeah sick. You know, i knew like a couple <laughs> solos but they were like the bluesier James Hetfield Metallica solo, right? And like I, I couldn't thrash out, you know.
0: Right, right. You were you were playing the Nothing Else Matters solo. She was playing the Enter Sandman solo. Yeah, not even. She
1: was. She started with like Master of Puppets. Oh, there like you the go. So, you know, <laughs> she came in. She came in hot. So
0: nice. I, I
1: gladly was like, you know what? I want to sing, and I'm good. Just chugging along back here, playing some rhythms. So I, I love it. It worked. It was it. the perfect blend. I love it.
0: So when you guys started to get, you know good let's say and you know you're playing local shows and all this and you started working with some you know some producers that have done some pretty good stuff making some good recordings was there label interest like how did that work exactly um obviously you've been doing it a long time there must have been times when maybe the band was more on than others if you were focusing on you know i don't know if you went to to college or anyone did or if there were breaks how did that all happen and 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 how did that lead you to kind of obviously putting out Freak and then starting to take the band much more seriously.
1: Sure. Um, Somewhere around 2008, 2009, we had put out a EP on like MySpace, I think called, um, I can't even remember the name, maybe Pravda. Yeah. I think it was like Pravda was the name of that one. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember we put that EP up and that was the first time that we ever started getting contacted by labels. And at the time it was like the biggest, you know, metal label that there was was talking to us and, you know, wanted to hear more music and, you know, they knew we were young. Um, but, uh, so we did that whole little kind of dance for a little while. Um, we wrote a ton of songs constantly, just trying to find out who Tetrarch was as a band. Um, you know, we had some other labels and some offers and things, but they just didn't feel right at the time for as young of a band as we were, you know, we weren't comfortable just giving away our life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we just were like, you know, let's bet on ourselves and, and see what we can do. And, uh, after that we went down and did a, uh, an EP called the will to fight, which was like super thrashy, you know, from the beginning we wanted to be a thrash band. We wanted to play as fast as we could and just like shred all the time. Yeah. Um, And we, we had that EP come out and that was the first time that we really like, let's go tour. We never toured before. We had never like done any of that. So we like booked this whole tour up and down the East coast. Uh, you know, with, we didn't even have a vehicle. It was like two days before we were supposed to leave. And I think one of our parents was like, how are y'all how are you going to get your gear places? Like, <laughs> you well, had thought about that? <laughs> yeah. And so I think, um, I think like diamond's family got the van and then we're like, well now we need a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then, uh, my family and, uh, we ended up getting us a trailer and we just went, like, we had no idea what we were doing. Like we had some shows where we had like a $75 guarantee. We had some where we had nothing. Yeah. You know, we ran out of gas. We didn't, have, we didn't know what we were doing, but we were just like, fans are supposed to tour, so let's tour." Nice. And uh, hey, that was that's a crazy. That's a good experience, right? Um,
0: it's it's at least something you look back on and you smile. You know, like even oh, uh, even though yeah. sometimes it wasn't easy or comfortable, you'll you'll never forget those those early shows. Yeah, I mean, seventy five dollars sounds amazing. I mean, there were shows we played where we got paid in change. Uh,
1: <laughs> no, and we have we you run into the. I know I promised you seventy five bucks, but we didn't do very well tonight at the door. So the best I can do is like uh, a slice of pizza <laughs> to split amongst you all. You know,
0: hundred um, percent. But no,
1: so that, but like again, those were just one of those experiences that we just took in and enjoyed, and we're like, all right, this is just a means to an end. Let's just keep going, keep going. Things will get better, right? Um, so after that, we went and did. Yeah, I told Diamond this. But we we did an EP called Relentless, which we were kind of shifting sounds from that like thrash to kind of like a metalcorey type mm-hmm. sound, like almost like a Bullet for My Valentine, you know that kind of thing. Um, and there were some songs that were kind of cool, but I just feel like that period for us was kind of like a weird lull. Like it was, uh, we had gotten with a management for the first time and, you know, we were young and naive and we we're just like, oh, managers make bands do things. It's like, no, the band makes the band do things. Um, so we, I'm not explaining it. Like we just, yeah. that EP didn't really, I don't think it connected with others because I don't think it really connected with ourselves does that make sense? Like,
0: of course it does. You you have to believe in what you're doing. Of course. What year was this? Now, just for context, this is I would say 2012?
1: Wow, 2012. Wow. 2012, 13, something like that.
0: Yeah, we're still going back a long way. This is. You guys have had such an incredible journey. Keep keep going, though. Go. Yes. I love this.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we. Um, so then there was like a weird period where we had like a couple of drummers and some, just things weren't like going that great for us as a band. You know, Mm -hmm. we never gave up, we never got down, but we would play some like national shows in Atlanta, but we were just always kind of on that cusp of like (sighs) something, just not connecting with, with an audience. And like I said, I think it was just that we weren't being 100% true to ourselves. So I fast forward, you know, we didn't put anything else out. I mean, Freak was the next thing to come out in 2017. So we put out in 2012 yeah. and we just played shows, but we didn't really have a direction. We didn't know, like, we know we wanted to be a big band, but like, we didn't know how to get there. Um, we would play shows, all that. And, uh, I just remember we came out for our first Nam uh, show oh, yeah. in Anaheim, yeah, in like 2014, I think.
0: Yep. And for people that don't know what Nam is, it's it's like a big music conference for gear, basically. So every guitar, amp, uh, drum, any company that makes music equipment go there and they have a bunch of artists come and like, you know, rep all their shit, basically. Exactly. Yeah. I've actually never been. No? No. I, well, I, I t- I I've been invited, but every time it's happened, there's been like, we've been on tour or like, I couldn't go for some reason. And I would love to check it out.
1: It's definitely worth going to. It's law. Uh, it's it's fun. I, it it's, is a fun time. Yeah. Uh, you get uh, I get annoyed with the, the traffic in the parking, but
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, someone but, from Atlanta annoyed with traffic. You have dealt with the yes. worst traffic, maybe in America, uh, so, and now you're in yeah, L. A. How can you be annoyed with that? <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just,
1: I'm just bitter about it. I don't know. Um, it's stressful. No. Um, but yeah, we we went to our first Nam in like 2014, I think it was, and think it was there that diamond was like, why don't we move to LA? Hmm. Like, I mean, you know, other than we have our family in Atlanta, but with the band, there's nothing that really ties us there. We never really connected like, honestly, with like an Atlanta local scene, 90% of the band didn't like us there, like just for <laughs> whatever reason, like we were nice people. We just were very much to ourselves and focused on our goal versus like hanging out and partying after shows, you know, we would go, a lot of local bands we played with, we would go play, you know, play a show and then go over and like, all right, whose house we going to to drink at? You know, we didn't do that. We would go play a show, record it, and put all our stuff back up at our drummer's basement, parent's basement. And we'd go watch the show back and be like, okay, what did we do that was good? What, what sucked? Like, what can we do better? And we were just that kind of band. Um, sure, sure. so I mean, we didn't have anything that connected to us, to the Atlanta local scene, let's say we always wanted to break out of that label of a local band, um, and we were just like, let's do it. Let's, let's move to LA. We didn't have any like preconceived notions of we're going to go out there. And someone's going to see us at a bar and we're going to get signed and all this. It was just, you know, let's do something, get out of our comfort zone. Right do something new. You know, there's so many creative people here, whether it's photographers, videographers, um, you know, radio, just things like that. Like everything's out here. Um, so we packed up when we came and 2015 moved out here and we knew that we needed to finally do a full length. We were tired of doing EPs and, you know, we started writing for that and we had like two songs when we moved that were one was like kind of, they're kind of in that metal vein, but like a little heavier and a little more modern. And we went to the studio. We we're like, um, let's record these two songs and we'll come back and write the rest of the album. Like we'll have these two songs, as part of the album, but we'll have something to put out for a little while while we finish. writing. So we went to Colorado with a uh, producer, Dave Otero. Um, he does a lot of like the heavier bands, like cattle decapitation and, yeah. uh, arch spire, things like that. And, um, we went to Denver, did the two songs and we came home and then it was like time to write. Like we needed to figure out what the rest of this album is going to sound like. Um, and I can vividly remember, I think when, I think what really changed Tetrarch and finally made us who we are was I was out somewhere and Diamond had been writing in a room all day. And she's like, Hey Josh, I don't know if, uh, if this is really, right for us. I don't know if it's too heavy or too different, but I wrote this, it's in drop a, it's really (laughs) low and whatever. And here, check it out. And, uh, and let me know what you think. And I just pulled it out on my phone, listened to like the 45 seconds, the two riffs that were on there. I called her like diamond. This is amazing. Just keep going with that. Like, this is really cool. Why can't this be us? Um, and it was actually our song ended up being our song spit on, um, on freak. Yeah. And I think that that was like a turning point for us. We no longer felt like we got to play faster, like try to out heavy somebody or out metalcore somebody, or just whatever. We just started bringing in influences that we had never, you know, we grew up listening to, but we had never really used. We'd shied away from, mm-hmm. um, you know, bringing in some weird guitar sounds and layers and textures and trying different vocal styles and all of that and that ultimately that album became like freak from that writing. We I, I remember we went back to Colorado and Dave was like, what did y'all do these past like four months when you've been gone? Because y'all are a completely band, different band than the two songs that you, you right. know, recorded with me a few months ago. Um, totally man. And I, I just think that like freak was so experimental for us. Um, and the first time that we just let ourselves be creative completely, yeah. not worried about anything, not worried about any, labels or writing for manager people just you know we wrote for ourselves and what we would like to hear
0: yeah it's really interesting you know you bring up the local thing how you know you, you didn't really fit in into the local scene in atlanta or whatever and i always find it's it's more difficult for bands that are you know let's just call call it like more mainstream Um, Like you guys aren't trying to be like a cool punk hardcore band or something like that's you guys are doing something else. And a lot of times that is what tends to be prevalent in local scenes. Right. That's like what's cool. Oh, okay, You know, so the bands that are ultimately, you know, going to be signed to bigger labels and probably end up with a larger stage in the end. It's harder at the beginning sometimes to kind of find an audience um, because a lot of the people that are going to local shows, they're just no, they're, you know, they're not the peop- same people that are listening to the radio. So I, f- I feel like the move to L.A. made a lot of sense to kind of go into a, a, a place where there's, you know, a little bit more attention on that, I think, than, yeah. than a place where there's more just a local scene. And I agree musically, you know, it's, it's interesting too everything you just said, because I have here in my notes, like, you know, you guys aren't afraid of new metal grooves But then you also will throw a blast beat in there once in a while for good measure, you know, on some of the the new singles and stuff. So you guys have like a a lot of influences, but when you put it together, you kind of develop your own sound, which I think now people are discovering and going, okay, I'm a fan of this band.
1: Yeah, I agree. Oh, I appreciate that because that's like 100% what we have set out to do. You know, we want to make something that is like, you hear that, you're like, that's Tetrarch. Whether it brings in influences from, wherever, like when you it all together, that's us. Um, yeah. and I feel like, um, yeah, I, that Freak was just a turning point. We had our first time, actually, this was actually a big moment for our band was we played, we went on tour right before the album was about to come out. Um, and we had some labels interested in stuff, but they were still just not really kind of what we were looking for. Um, and we were like, all right, let's just do this independently. Um, And we've been on tour with like devil driver, 36 crazy Fist, and, um, Kane Hill. And, um, at the end of that tour, we played the the LA date at the whiskey. And, um, I remember that was when we finally met, uh, Jose, Jose Mangan, um, from Sirius XM and. I think someone, our publicist or something tracked him down and was like, the band's right there. You need to go meet them. You need <laughs> to talk to them. They're really nice people. Whatever. We met him at that show and he's like, yeah, I've been meaning to get you guys on and, and you know, and, uh, get your song on there. And we ended up in, um, our song freak on Sirius X and liquid metal. And it just took off. Yeah. Like it just yeah. started going crazy. And we were like, Hey, okay, let's try more you know active rock radio because this is like a kind of a crossover song and um that was kind of our first taste of like really starting to get into that mainstream ballpark of where we want to ultimately be as a band you know we absolutely we want to be that band that's like can be as heavy as we want we can play blast beats we can scream but we can also have songs that can be played on the radio and can be like a gateway for people getting into heavier bands for Um, sure
0: one of the things i really like about your music too is some of the melodies that you guys write, which which have sometimes a little bit of a '90s quality, uh, which obviously that's still prevalent on the radio too. So yeah. you know when you're talking about this mainstream you know vibe. I feel like when you put in those you know when you go to like the major note, like the major third yeah. and the minor scale kind of thing, like you do yep. stuff like that, which is very '90s, but it really works as kind of formulating a sound that really is the kind of thing that would be played on the radio.
1: Exactly, and um, yeah, no, one hundred percent. I'm getting a little stuck on Freak, but I think that was just like kind of a turning you know that, that was that start of like Tetra becoming what people are now knowing as Tetrarch. Um Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I just remember like after that album, we we toured a ton. You know, we got our first taste at big festivals and you know those big rock radio festivals where it was like you know the corn corn Foo Fighters like people like that were like headlining them and yeah. stuff, and yeah. you know that was it was cool. We were starting to get that that taste of things and, and going on some, um, bigger tours and all of that. Um, and so when we went to, once we finished doing that, we spent, that got us to 2019 and that's when we we're like, all right, it's time to write our next album. Now let's take everything we learned and freak and pick the best parts and let's make a new album that we're super proud of. And, uh, we went back Dave and Denver and, long writing process, long recording process. I think we were in Colorado for like four months, yeah, something like that. And, uh, came out with, um, what's going to be unstable coming out April 30th and, um, super proud of it. And just super proud of, um, how diverse I feel like the record is. Like, I don't think you can hear one of our singles and be like, oh, I know what this band sounds like. Right. Because I think there's so many different things, you know.
0: It's true. I think that too. But then at the same time, I feel like you still have a cohesive sound, which is hard to pull off a lot of times when you try to do different things and different vibes. The three singles that you've released, um, I'm Not Right, Negative Noise, You Never Listen, all great songs. But one that really stood out was for me was uh was take a look inside i think that this Mm -hmm. song is is probably my favorite has a lot of potential i could see that being being a big hit it's almost got like a pop element in the chorus which i you know couldn't find two other many other places on the record which is really cool
1: yeah that i'm i'm like that's cool you said that because that's like one of my favorite songs on album. It's like it's very different. It's kind of like a groovy verse, screams and stuff. And that's actually the first song that I've ever convinced Diamond to sing on. In that chorus, the the main melody line up top is her. Oh, really? And then I'm singing like the low harmony. Yeah. Oh, okay, and cool. When I wrote the melody and everything, I just remember being like, "Man, Diamond has a really good voice." We never recorded it. I know she's not going to want to do it if I mention it. <laughs> so. I luckily, I'll say luckily now, but I had gotten sick on the way to go finish recording the album and we got to that song. And that chorus was just a little too high for me for, <laughs> to do that melody. I was like, Diamond, what do you think about, like, I sing that low part and maybe you come in as like a harmony and sing that high melody line, just as a harmony. And she went and did it and we tracked it and it just sounded amazing. And when oh, it got, I time to mix it, I just kept telling our producer, like, hey, turn her up, turn her up, turn her up, turn her up. Right. And uh, I, I'm like, I'm so happy with that song. And then it just like nice. gets heavy out of nowhere at the end of that song and just like goes off into oblivion. Like it, it gets really nasty at the end, just heavy and disgusting. So um, yeah, um, that, that's a fun song. I can't not wait to play that one live. That's a cool now story. No,
0: I heard that um, when I heard that chorus... I was like, oh, there's, there's like the Atlanta like R and B, Usher influence a little bit, just, just, just a little bit in there, you know." I was like, "Okay, there, there it is. I knew it was gonna be somewhere on this record, You're right? Yeah, you can take bring it out somewhere. For you sure. can take them out of Atlanta, but you can't take Atlanta out of them, you know." No, no, exactly. <laughs> That's great, man. No, congrats on the record. Everyone should check it out. Yeah, April thirtieth, um, it is out on Napalm Records. Ten tracks. It's it's concise. I like that about it, too. You know, it's kind of like but the second that it's over, and I love that last track, too, a little vibey. Uh, I love that, like, the second that the record's over, it's like, okay, let's uh, just listen to that again, shall we? Yeah, right. It, they kind of. Lo- it's a nice little easy, if you leave your thing on loop, which
1: I recommend for everybody. It'll just kind of feed right back into I'm Not Right. There you um, go. So.
0: There you go. We're so, excited about it. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So, w- w- you know, promoting this thing and, and everything else, Um, are, are you guys trying to do any live streams or like anything like what, what do you do now when you're a band in a pandemic putting out kind of your, your, you know, this is, this is supposed to be your breakthrough album. What do you do? Yeah.
1: We just continue doing, I guess what we've been doing, just kind of mm-hmm. continuing to build the story around our band, the, uh, um, you know, get that video and everything seen by as many people as we can and just, you know, try and organically grow. um, I, like I said, I, I do think that in a weird way, our album's coming out at a good time. I mean, you know, you're looking at maybe even June, July, things starting to have some shows and that's not long after our album's out. So it's kind of right in that um, sweet spot for it. And we definitely got some things in the works that we're excited about. Um, but no, we haven't done, we've we've been approached to do live streams from so many different platforms and yeah. we've talked about it. Um and there's a lot of, like, I think we could do a, a cool job of it and make something fun, but we're just such a live band that we want the first time people are hearing these songs in the live setting to be in a room with people, with the sound system, with everything. Like, we just want to do it right. We've put so much into the album and so much into um, just everything with it that we just, we want to do this thing right. I and, know. I think it's coming sooner than later. Um, we did do a live stream for uh, SiriusXM, though. Um, yeah, we played like a three-song set, and yeah. that turned out really cool. That's um,
0: yeah. I mean, when you do when you're doing something like that, and it's you know obviously yeah, like Sirius has, they've got the equipment. You know, they're going to make you look and sound good, and that's going to be good promotion. But when you're exactly. talking about your own investment, where you are at. To try to make it look half decent or, you know, I I'm not not to say any of this is like a competition because I never believed it is, but like, you know, you guys probably have a lot of the same fans as like, I don't know, let's just say Avenged Sevenfold or Slipknot, bands that are literally going to be spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in production to do a live stream. Let's just say, for right. example, I don't know if those bands have even done live streams. I'm just using it as an example yeah, yeah. for that. But, you know you can't do that. You can't put that kind of money in. So like, let's say if you guys put together a few thousand dollars and find a room and do it, it's like, you're just going to be underwhelming to what people expect. And I feel like that is such a hard thing right now for younger bands, up and coming bands to, to do. And now up kind of sitting on your hands when really like you need to be out there, but you can't be, it's just, it's really trying. It's a
1: weird balance. Um, you know, and live streaming just out of necessity has come so far in the last year. No, oh, yeah. Just with the pandemic. I mean, like, I, you know, the first live streams, people were just holding up their iPhone and their Facebook live in their band room, jamming out songs. And it sounded horrible. And now you got full <laughs> on like, like video shows with like yeah. pro sound. And so, I mean, the technology has improved so much and it's even become more accessible, I think for some more up and coming bands to get a good, um, you know, product with that. But, um, I don't know we just I know at, you know at some point we'll do some stuff like that we're just really wanting to get back on stage and yeah, man. Uh, you know
0: I I'm I'm 100% with you I can't wait either and hopefully you know with you know the US and you being in the south there's been some work with vaccines and I mean a lot of stuff down there's is, is starting to open uh, well, I guess you're in LA, so it's different. I I see that Braves hat and I keep thinking that you're in Atlanta. I don't know. Um, you know, but down there, like I'm I'm, always in
1: Atlanta in my heart. Exactly.
0: But no, I know a lot of things are opening back up there. So, you know, maybe at least, you know, get in the van and do some shows in some small venues just for something.
1: LA says that June 15th, everything is going to full capacity, which is crazy to me, but, Mm -hmm. um, especially from LA because they were one of the most like first to shut down, have stayed the most stringent um yeah through this. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it sounds like as this vaccine's rolling out and people are starting to to get that and uh things are starting to show a sign of getting a little better. Like it seems like we're in that trajectory of like not out of the woods yet, but soon. And uh that's what we're holding on to. I mean, you know, there's no use in us Sitting around sulking about it, crying, oh, we can't go play shows, we can't do this. It's like, okay, what can we do? And let's go do those things while we, you know, figure out our next figure out that part of the equation. Yeah. There's so many things bands can be doing all the time. And for uh, sure. we try to stay busy doing that, you know. So But we are very ready for things to
0: open. But and that's and that's true, right? These days, you know, when when younger bands and stuff ask me like, Oh, you know, what should I do, you know, to get signed? like, I'm like, fuck, don't I'm 40. Don't ask me. I don't know. Like I was making cassettes and sending them to labels. Like when I was, you know, starting bands, don't ask me. Like, I'm just like, I don't know, make a fucking TikTok. Like, I don't know what you do these days. And, 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 uh, right. So, so everything's changed. And that that's the one benefit is if this pandemic had happened 15 years ago, (laughs) we'd be way more fucked. Uh, right. (laughs) So at least we have, at least we have that
1: there's different avenues for bands to get their stuff out there. Like there are TikTok. There's so many people getting discovered on there. Like I, I, yeah. you know, I, I don't completely get it, but like, I do get it. <laughs> like if you've got fans and people watching these people, then it's hey, entertainment man. and you got to give them what they want, you know? So That's I right. got no hard feelings, but, um, no, hundred percent. I think that, uh, I, I think we'll start seeing some normalcy and get back to those shows. And like I said, shows are going to be crazy. People are going to be, so ready for live music that like yeah i just think it's gonna be nuts
0: oh yeah 100 well. percent um i'm gonna open the chat here to any questions anybody has for josh uh but i there's there's one here and you're wearing the braves hat so we're gonna put you on the spot you see that on the screen there a Braves yes. season prediction from you how how World are the braves looking 100 <laughs> World Series champions one hundred percent. Okay. We have
1: we are stacked from top to bottom in our lineup. We have one of the most exciting players in baseball and Ronald Cunha. You do. We um our our whole lineup, top to bottom is great. Our pitching staff is great. Our best pitchers even coming back from is uh Keeley surgery. So we'll be getting mm-hmm. another arm here soon. So I'm excited about this year. We started off 0 and 4, and then got back to like five and four very
0: quickly. So, yeah,
1: I'm, I'm going World Series. We got close last year against the Dodgers and and getting to go, but I think we're going to get over the hump. That's this year. right. Is uh, yeah. is,
0: Anthopoulos isn't still your GM, is he? He is Alex Anthopoulos. Yeah, he he was uh, he yeah. built the Blue Jays um back in the mid 2010s, like when the Jays had that success with like Bautista yeah. and Josh Donaldson, who I know. I think they were both Braves, weren't they? It was, was yep. yeah, Josh was, was fun. He was a bringer of rain. Was, oh yeah. He, I, I love, moms. I love Donaldson. Um, he's a badass man. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, uh, he's, he's definitely there. We, people get mad at Atlanta cause we're not, we're not the Yankees. We're not the Dodgers. We're not going to go, you know, outspend anybody. And sometimes that can be frustrating when you look at, you know, you might have someone like a Bryce Harper out there on free agency. And you're like, well, why don't we give him $400 million? It's like just, trust the process and you yeah. know we're starting to see our homegrown talent exactly kind yep. of showing and yeah acuna,
0: um, acuna like that guy i mean give him a couple of years he could be he he probably will get 400 million dollars uh you know when it's his turn maybe more
1: absolutely i keep his little uh i keep his ball right here nice dude sign acuna you know Sweet. i'm die hard like atlanta sports are like i watch every game of every sport like still to this day so nice um, I,
0: me, i'm a i'm a huge uh, sports fan Too, um and baseball is my favorite so I could talk to you about baseball Mm -hmm. all day um I don't know if you want to comment on this or or not but I I do want to ask you being that Mm -hmm. you're an Atlanta residence a huge Braves fan the all-star game getting taken away uh that must be conflicting for you as a baseball fan but also probably as a person that you know cares about democracy
1: yeah um yeah like we don't get too much into like that kind of world. We like to kind of stay a little neutral, but, um, I, I will say like, I 100% understand why MLB did did that. No. Um, I, I don't think it's wrong to, uh, I think no one in their right mind kind of just, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to get into that, but I, I, um, I definitely understand why it was taken out. And yeah. as much as I would love for all-star game to be in Atlanta, you know, I, I understand it, you know, so
0: when was the last time Atlanta had one? Do you know? Uh, oh, you know what? I think it was the two, maybe
1: 2000 with, um, I think it was 2000. Cause it was like coming off of the crazy home run chase in 98. And it was like, oh, yeah. uh, I think it was 2000. Cause like Sammy Sosa and McGuire were in the home run derby oh yeah in atlanta so it was yeah. somewhere around there was the last time we had it but braves have a beautiful new park yeah it's actually like five minutes from where i grew up instead of having to go all the way into downtown um and i, I know we'll get we'll get that all-star game at some point and
0: yeah no like
1: full capacity
0: no that that's that is a super a super big kick in the ass if it's been 20 years too for braves fans um you know the one spe- that kind of
1: stunk was the hawks where the hawks had the uh nba all-star team in atlanta in the pandemic with no fans oh yeah we finally got one here yeah
0: that's yeah that's no that's rough no the jays the jays haven't had an all-star game since 1991 uh before they won the two world series back to back Uh, but but i yeah so it's been almost 30 30 years since since we've had one and um yeah i would i would love it but i got to go when i was only 10 years old i uh i i remember watching the home run derby and I think Cal Ripken Jr. won it, which is a random okay. thing. But I remember watching him, watching yeah. him hit bombs. Cal Ripken Jr. don't think of him yeah. as like a huge home run hitter, but you know.
1: No, but hey, he was that night. <laughs> that, the derby used to be. I was like, I lived for that every year, oh, and then yeah. I would go out with my friends the next day and go to our little little league park and just try to hit bombs. And like, <laughs> I had no power. Like, I can admit it now. Like, I. I did not win.
0: uh, Yeah, dude, I love it. You know, it it was always fun. I love it here. There's a question here um, in the chat from Melzi14. Um, And I'm sure you can speak to this. I know Diamond does a ton of your press, but um, Diamond is such an inspiration to me as a black female in this scene. It is not often I see myself represented. Not specifically directed to Josh, but I just wanted to mention. And uh, that is true. You don't see a lot of black female lead guitar players uh, at all so this is no that is something that you know is is really cool to see that diversity in your band and in the scene
1: oh a million percent like i mean she has been my best friend for so long and like i'm so proud of her for 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 that like she she didn't set out to represent anybody she just wanted to be a guitar player in a heavy band but like Mm -hmm. naturally you know a lot of spotlight and a lot of attention has fallen on her and, you know, with so much positive. And obviously you'll have some people that will just comment nasty things online and, oh. uh, huh. and all that. But like, she's like one of the strongest people I know. And she just represents it really, really well. And I mean, she's just proof that like metal's inclusive. Like it doesn't matter where you're from. She you look like, like, it, Come on. You you want to rock with us? You can come hang out with Tetrarch. I don't care where you're from, what you do. Like, um we're all about it and she's all about it too. So um I'm glad that you're feeling uh represented by Diamond. Like she uh, I'll she's probably watching honestly, but I'll let her know <laughs> that as well.
0: <laughs> That's cool. No, I, I always see um, you know, even just like preparing for this and you know, like I'll, I'll do my I'll do my research, but kind of at the end of Of it i like to just see "Mm, i wonder what you know what what uh josh has said in interviews so i was looking up and i was like oh interview with tetrarch oh diamond again interview diamond again it's like hey that's cool everyone wants to talk to her which is a really great thing yes um but but, yeah
1: i'm also the the shy one in our band for being a front man like oh yeah uh, in front of camera and stuff like i'm like like, i've I've, I've kept myself together today but yeah i mean i'm usually like the more reserved like uh I get a little more nervous. She's so just free spirit, like just awesome. whatever comes in her head and all that. So she's really good for doing press. And like I said, a lot of people want to talk to her. Um, but uh, it's been, it's been fun starting to do some more of these. And like, I've really enjoyed doing this one. Like it's been super easy and super fun. So
0: absolutely. Uh, man. no, yeah. um, well, I think you're great. <laughs> I think you're great at this. So well, uh, keep you. it up. And for sure, man, I know, like I know being a lead singer, it can be tough some days, you know, to, tell your story and maybe you don't always feel like you know you woke up on the right side of the bed but you're doing you're doing awesome dude so thanks for doing this well thank you all right i'll leave you with one last question real b yeah, smith course, man. wants to say top three tetrarch songs mm. throw them out there people will check them out um yeah uh, i'm gonna start it off can i start it off okay yeah <laughs> i'm starting it off with an unreleased track right now take a look inside i think this is the banger uh, not out yet. Okay. April 30th, though. People get ready. But go ahead. I'll, yeah, let, you, I, I'll let you have the no, I'm all about that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I would have to go...
1: I love that song. Um, I think I would... Favorite sentimentally would have to be Freak just because of that was the change in our band and that was the song that really launched us in a different trajectory and how that song came together and just all of it was like really cool. Um, so I definitely recommend, uh, listen to freak plus like one of our fan's favorite lines is in that song and it's just come and let your psycho loose. And that line <laughs> just hit with everybody and they're like, I'm letting my psycho loose. I can't wait to come let my psycho loose. Like, all right, you know, it's a good, it just became Tetra. Um, I would have to go with, I'm not right. Uh, yeah. again, because of, I think that is the kind of the, uh, the only thing it's missing is like a guitar solo shred and solo from diamond, but like she makes her presence really strong in there with all the guitar leads and sounds sure. weird vibes. Um, but that song just has everything that we could want in a song. It's heavy. Like you can't mistake it for not being heavy. It's a heavy song, but it's got melody. And if you're not a heavy fan, you can still listen to it and find something about the like. legs. So I think it kind of pulls all of what Tetrarch does into one. Um, and let your psycho loose. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I would say that, and then you know I'm gonna go with "Lost in the Dark." It's one that no one will ever hear, and it was the first song we ever wrote <laughs> back in like when we were super young. It had like three chords, but like I mean, that's the first song we ever wrote, so and we recorded it ourselves. Nice. So I, I gotta just throw that there. One day might see the light of day.
0: I love, I no. love that you uh, that you did that. A lot of bands shun their old material and say, "Oh, no, our new shit's it's way all part better." Of who we are. Um, but I love that you you take it that way. So thank you so much, Josh, for doing this. Everybody, make sure you check out the new Tetrarch record, Unstable, out April 30th on Napalm Records. And that's about it. Thanks, man. Yeah, awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, can we to talk to you soon? All right, Josh. Take care, man. Thanks. See hey, you, man. Man. So there it is with Josh from Tetrarch What a nice guy. What a nice conversation. And I hope y'all are ready for their new record, Unstable, which is out tomorrow on Napalm Records. Don't miss this one. And don't miss every Tuesday on Twitch. I am doing it up. 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This upcoming week matt from citizen will be on the program i'm very excited about that one so head over twitch.tv slash told. give me a follow get it all ready get it all set up and remember it's completely free i want to give a big shout out to all my sinners worldwide aka members of the all access club thank you so much for your support i miss you dearly this pandemic is killing me i can't wait for another Sinnerfest. let's go but in the meantime, here we are. (laughs) Anyway, I will leave you with a tune. Here it is, a new one from Tetrarch and from their new album. This is called Negative Noise on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next week.